Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to episode number three of Off the Track, a podcast where we like to talk about dirt track racing and our experiences in the sport. Welcome back to episode three. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting off today feeling pretty tired after our Arizona trip. Bennett, how you feeling? Uh, We're feeling good. You know, 20 hours on the road yesterday. We get home around 5.30 p.m. and uh, get a couple hours of sleep because we're up all night editing and we're right back in the studio and I can couldn't be more happy to be here. Absolutely. It felt so great to be back. I know we've only shot just a couple episodes of the podcast, but we've already really, really been enjoying it. And this is actually our first episode where we've already had something upload because the Mm -hmm. first two we shot, we obviously, you know, edited them all. And then we waited for the launch date, which we were so excited waiting for. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And we, uh, so we shot those, we edited them, got them scheduled to upload. You guys will be seeing them, but now we're finally starting to get some of your guys' feedback, which we love reading. So thank you guys for tuning into the first episode. It was a lot of fun to see everyone comment and get your guys' reactions. And we're really looking forward to doing uh, this throughout the rest of the year into 2021. So now what we're going to be talking about really on this podcast, and I think it's a great example of why we wanted to start this, is our Arizona trip. The whole thing is going to be recapping it, talking about many events that happened that uh, we don't usually put in the vlog just because it doesn't fit in really. And so we're looking forward to talking about those here today. Uh, First off, Bennett, like you said, a lot of hours on the road. We made a long trip down to Arizona. Talk about, you know, just the trip starting from your perspective. Yeah, I think I came up here last Monday. So today's now a week I've been up here. um, Well, here and across the country. Uh, But yeah, we got up here Monday. We hung out for a bit. We loaded the sprint car and the the mule and all that stuff. And then Wednesday we took off for, I think it was like a 20 hour trip or whatever. Uh, we left at like seven, 7 AM. We were yeah. like an hour behind schedule or whatever, but no, it was super cool. Uh, definitely a long road all the way down I five and then off to the right to Arizona speedway, but you know, super fun trip for sure. Yeah. So we got the trip started like Bennett said, and I think one of the crazy things, and this doesn't happen too often, but We started the trip and we were already a little exhausted before because there was so much work going into it. Obviously, I wouldn't say it was last minute, but we kind of weren't necessarily the most prepared to make the trip south. This was an event that we talked about. We wanted to race for a long time, but all the pieces of the puzzle really didn't fall into the last couple of days uh, heading into the trip. So we had to get the new RV ready. We had to get uh, the race rig ready, which I kind of showed you guys a couple days before. And actually, this is going to be a great chance to talk about that. So we're in the process of selling our old setup. We have our new setup. And so trying to transition everything in between is kind of a mess. And then also on top of that, uh, our new rig doesn't really, it's not able to get up to our house. So that makes it a lot tougher. And so it has to stay here at my parents' work and we have to transport things back and forth. So that just creates so much extra time that's kind of wasted. But for right now, our situation, that's just what has to be done. Yeah, no, we're used to like, you know, loading everything kind of the night before up in, uh, at the house and just kind of getting all the final touches done. And then here we have to make sure we have everything here by the morning and you cannot forget anything because we're like probably 20 minutes from your house. Yeah, it's not just a a quick drive. You definitely have to go into town. And actually the trailer, like I said, at my parents' work, it's actually right outside our office here. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of nice. We always are able to stop by the studio and check everything out and bring things back and forth. But so that created a lot of extra work um, between merchandise, obviously loading the car. When Bennett got here the first day, he spent literally the whole time, you never even came to the house, spent the whole time down here with us loading and organizing because you guys got to think every single drawer every single cabinet has to be filled and everything from the other trailer and other setup has to be brought in and you know fit that spot it was almost like um when nascar comes out west they swap cars and haulers so they'll they'll meet like halfway and swap teams so they have a different car for like a different track or whatever like a road road course car to an oval kind of felt like that how we have two we have two trailers out here and we're just unloading everything from one right into the other 
And then uh, only difference cool between, like, you know, like we talked about the first episode is we were doing it at the work here, not at a gas station. Yeah, parking yeah, yeah. Like when you yeah, guys did it here. Uh, so that was awesome. So we got everything ready to rip. And the game plan was to leave bright and early at 7 a.m. Uh, wh- what day did we leave? Wednesday? Uh, yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. So we left on a Wednesday and then practice was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was the three nights of the 2021 Wild Wing shootout. And talking about how I felt going into it. I was pretty nervous, but also at the same time, I didn't because I knew that really it didn't matter if that makes sense. Like it did, but we weren't going down there to necessarily put on the biggest show. We were going down there specifically to make laps and see how we could do. You know, uh, one of the craziest things, like we talked about pulling into the pits and seeing everyone we were up against and everyone that competed at the event, like it's... I compared it to like if we're an outlaw car guy and maybe you race just somewhere in the Midwest, a little local track with like eight cars a weekend. And then you decide to show up to Red Bluff and run the open class and just give it your best shot. That's how I related it to as far as outlaw carts went. Yeah, it was kind of intimidating. You know, when you roll into the pits and we get a spot and then next thing you know, we got Stuart, Schatz, Elias, and Neto, like all these guys that start lining up next to us, Reitzel, and you're like, we're racing the best of the best here. So like, this is it. We're stepping up and, uh, it was intimidating for sure, but I think it's super cool experience. And, uh, it's definitely going to boost us in the future. Yeah, it's going to help. It's like once you start racing against the best, everything else kind of becomes easier. And when I say easier, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to, you know, it's easier to win more races and stuff, but it gets you in that mindset of like, you know what it's like to race against the best. Now, when you do yeah. local stuff, it's kind of just like an, another day of racing. It kind of doesn't feel like as big of a deal, I would say. Yeah. So anyway, we left, we got hit the road. It was a simple drive, just mainly in California through most of it, through I-5. We went through the grapevine and then went on over uh to let's see we were in queens creek arizona queens creek yeah um yeah for the most part the trip was good weather wise coming back was the opposite story but yes yeah we'll talk about that here in just one moment so we get down there and like he said it's a simple drive i think we ended up arriving at the track at 4 a.m 5 a.m yeah so this is kind of a funny little story so when we're going down there i think um with the new hauler (laughs) there's a place up top that we can like hang out and stuff and i think by then it's like three o'clock and me and you went to sleep. Yeah. Like we were tired. We were out. And then I, I remember half being awake. Well, John Tanner's dad, who's driving the rig, uh, we went in some wrong exit because it's, it's nighttime. There's no lights out yeah, in the dude, desert. I don't, I don't know what they, they and have I, no lights at yeah, the track. I think they spent an hour. We would have been there an hour earlier, but I think we spent an hour just trying to turn around this dead end with the whole rig and everything. And you remember that? Yeah, no, I do. Cause I had just woken up, uh, cause it was funny. So we were in the process of shooting some videos cause I had shot yeah. like my travel vlog and my goal was to originally upload it like the next day. So people could kind of be on top of it. Yeah. And I had some issues with my SD card or whatever. I remember you set an alarm at like four 30 in the morning or six in <laughs> yeah. the morning to try to be up so we can get a shot of the track when we get there, yep. just kind of a mess. And then like Bennett said, we spent an hour because my dad missed the turn. <laughs> trying to get turnaround on like this dead end road with, you know, this 70 plus foot, you know, rig, you know, we're so long trying to get it turned around just insane. So yeah, I did see, I don't remember that part, but I do remember is when we got to the track. So the steps were down on the RV and they were dragging a little, um, just for a little bit. And then that's what woke me up. And I was like, Hey, I fell asleep in LA and now we're at the track. Hell yeah. And so I got up, we shot some clips and uh, it's pretty cold. Yeah, no, it was awesome to get there. And like I said, we didn't get there in the most uh, timely fashion, but we made it all work. And, and what, what woke me up getting there is, like I said, those alarms we set because yeah. 4.30 rolled around and I was expecting to be at the track and we were still driving. Uh, but we got all that footage. We got some cool stuff uh, for the vlogs. And when we first got there, you know, it, one of the first things we noticed was how nice the facility was, even yeah. though it was dark, like they had a whole spot for all the campers. So you yeah. had that, you had all the trailers that had just pulled in and then we were able to kind of get a look at the track, even though it was so dark. Yeah. And I think first impressions where we noticed, you know, it's pretty large, it's a large track, yeah. kind of reminded me of the Grays Harbor Raceway a little bit mm-hmm. uh, when I first saw it and then very banked, super wide. And I knew that it was going to be a pretty big show once we got there. It started to kind of hit yeah. more. That's one of the cool things. So when me and Tanner go on like speed week or whatever it is, um, 
uh, when we go to new tracks, most of the time we always get there at night for some reason. Like I yeah. don't recall ever getting to a track during well, the We day. always do our driving at night right. and then we spend the next morning like maintenance or yeah. whatever. And so what we do is me and Tanner will like, while they're getting the rig all set up to sleep in and anything, me and Tanner will go to the track and check it out. And that's kind of cool. Like it's, it's just this feeling of like showing up to a brand new racetrack. Yeah. It's pitch black. I mean, there's like some moonlight. You can kind of see everything, but it's kind of a cool feeling, you know? Yeah, and it's also a completely different look because we had this happen where I talked about in the first episode, we went to this track, the Sweetwater Speedway in Wyoming. Yeah. And when we saw that track, it was at nighttime at first. And when we looked at it, it, it looked like we were at Eldora. You know, you, yeah. you couldn't see everything. It's so dark. And then you see it in the morning, you almost get a, a different perspective of what yeah. the track looks like because then you actually see like, all right, okay, you know, that's where we go on, that's where we go off, or the track's actually not as big as it looked. It looks yeah. like you're at a half mile or something. And so that's always uh, an interesting take. So we arrived there, we get a little bit of sleep. We woke up about noon the next day, probably. Yeah, we're and, all tired. And kind of unloaded. And a lot of the teams really didn't arrive till later that first day. Yeah, I would say about 85% of the teams showed up for practice day. Yeah, only a couple teams didn't. And, you know, understandable. I honestly thought more teams actually practiced than I thought would. Because, yeah, true. like, let's be kind of real here. Does Donnie Schatz need practice? Like, yeah. probably not. He's going to be fine. But I think, you know, they obviously probably wanted to test out a few things with their package. So yeah. we ended up practicing for a little bit. That was awesome. And the biggest thing going into my first laps in the 410 was obviously super nervous. But you know, leading up to it, those couple hours before we were shooting all of our vlog clips, we were doing all that. And for me, that actually kind of helps calm the nerves, like especially also having you there, believe it or not. Like yeah. whenever you're there at the races, I'm always a little more calm because it's just like, it's just fun. Like, yeah. you know, everything's going, you know, we're, we're getting footage, we're doing stuff for social media and that kind of keeps everything fun and relaxing. Yeah. So I was obviously pretty nervous, but the biggest thing that calmed me down is going into mud pack. You know, we got to go out there and do like four laps and fire up the cars. And I know, you know, as a racer, once you sit in the seat and kind of everything fires up and you're rolling around, like doesn't matter what you Way felt before, doesn't matter what's going on in your yeah. life. You could have some absolute disastrous things going on and it's all kind of out the window. That's what's so cool about racing. Yeah. The cool thing <clears throat> compared to carts to sprint cars, those sprint cars, you get to mud pack. And if you're on a brand new track, at least you get to roll around it yeah. and check out like this is where the banking starts this is where it ends, you know, kind of learn the track a little bit. Whereas outlaw carts, when you show up you're rolling in right into qualifying most of the time. Red Bluff, that yeah, that's the crazy mm -hmm. thing. Like Red Bluff, first time you show up, you're literally rolling out no hot laps, no mud pack, unless yeah. you're in the box stock class. But you're rolling out for qualifying. That's what makes it so tough. Cycling, right. you do get... Uh, well, no, cycling, I guess you don't either. No, uh -huh. only open. So yeah. yeah, so outlaw carts, it's pretty tough at most tracks just to show yeah. up and, and get to race. So we go out there, you know, that is one thing that's nice rolling around on the track. We're able to, you know, check little things out, maybe notice that there's a bump here or just where the banking's at. And, and mm -hmm. fortunate enough, also, there was a ton of footage on the Arizona Speedway that I was able to watch. And we were mm -hmm. able to watch to kind of just, you know, that's such a valuable tool. Yeah, See what people have done before, how people have won races there and, and, and kind of what the, the fast line is. And so most likely we kind of had an idea. Arizona Speedway, I would say it's kind of a simple racetrack. We kind of knew what was going to yeah. happen as far as like, all right, it's going to kind of be right through the middle for hot laps. And it ended up being that. So we go out there and this is actually our first little mini story that <laughs> didn't make it in the vlog because yeah. I wanted to save it for the podcast because this is this is kind of nuts. So we get everything ready. Obviously, the anticipation, it's its building, it's building, mm -hmm. you know, as far as we're getting ready to shoot this awesome video, we're getting ready to go out and make my first laps. You know, what's it going to feel like? Is it going to be insanely fast? Like, well, all these things are going through my head. A little backtrack. Um, so, <clears throat> me and Carly are on the new mule. Yeah. And this the way this works is out of turn one, you exit the track and you like drive around to like turn two is where you enter the track and you both exit out this long stretch. It's kind of a weird, it's kind of weird how they <laughs> yeah. have it. And so me and Carly are pushing Tanner and we didn't know where to go. It's our first time going through here. And we follow this like other, like, I don't know, it's like a track worker down this trap, this road. And, uh, we turn around right here and we see the other like quads and stuff waiting for their cars to come off track so we can push you because where it is is in a sprint car it's a right hander yeah and you know turning a right hander sometimes is a it hairy. can be sometimes it can be gnarly right so we were just going to be there to push tanner back if he has to kill it or anything well little did we know we went down the off ramp for the sprint cars and it's a one-way road with like a two-foot drop off to yeah. the right 
And me and Carly are like, did we just go down that? You just got lucky Yeah, there. we got so lucky that no sprint cars were coming because I was like, oh, bye. You would, pr- you would pretty much just head on. I feel like a slap at this point. Like, yeah. We got the World Outlaw guys here and we're doing this, but um, no, that was kind of a funny little side thing. And then, of course, we figured it out for the rest of the night. But Yeah, definitely. So like what he was talking about, the pits there was actually fairly nice. Uh, it wasn't paved or anything, but it was super easy to kind of like figure it out and, and go in the right direction. It wasn't too crowded even well, because pr- we only had two classes. It's pretty smart how they have it set up. Yeah. Once you figure it out, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. So anyway, we get fired off. We do mud pack. We head out for our first session. And this is where things kind of go south a little yeah. bit. So mud pack, everything ran fine. Car idled great. We're like, all right, we're ready to head out there. And we kind of waited. I think we were the fourth session to hit the track because uh, we just kind of wanted to let everything burn in. It was a little greasy, but we figured, you know, it'd kind of be best to let a few guys go out there and kind of really clear a path and clear a lane uh, for where to go. So we head on out to the track. I'm kind of just idling around and I'm ready to step on the gas. They get everyone out there and they were sending us out there about five cars at a time, which with how the size of the track was, was perfect. Everyone is able to get just enough space to go out there and make their own laps. And like I said, I'm getting more nervous. I'm getting more nervous holding onto the wheel. And then uh, we step on the gas and the thing doesn't go. It just, it starts bogging falling on its face. And I didn't think it was that big of an issue, but obviously I still, with some of the engine issues I've had in the past and mistakes that I've made, I tried to shut everything off just in case. I mean, obviously in a sprint car, one of the biggest things I've learned when you have an issue and really in anything, but outlaw carts, when there's an issue, they just, they shut off so much different. They usually quit on their own, Mm -hmm. but the sprint car, for example. So I immediately shut off the field. I hit the mag and I pulled into the infield. So all this anticipation, all this like worry, that's not the greatest word, but nervous and trying to figure out, all right, how's this going to feel being behind the wheel of a 410 sprint car? And we get half a straightaway and the thing don't even run and we pull into the infield and our first session is trashed. Yeah, I remember when you when you went green, I was like, I was a little nervous because I've been to a 410 race at like Silver Dollar or whatever. Yeah. And you're hauling the mail there. You're going good. But 410s around this place were hauling. Yeah, like, they were so fast. And I was like, here we go. I mean, this is it. And then we're going down the front stretch. I'm like, he's going to throw it in here. And then he dies. And I was like, damn it. So we had to go, go fix something. Yeah. I was like, so I remember the whole crew jumps off the the stands and we're rushing back to the pits. And then uh, this part's going to really surprise everyone here. Yeah. So, okay. This, I, I don't even know how you guys are necessarily going to take this. It's pretty funny. So we start going through, we're like, all right, what could the problem be? Because the biggest thing you kind of notice as you run more and more sprint car stuff, like I've had a few problems, but not really a whole lot. So I can't necessarily like immediately jump out and be like, all right, this is what we need to change. This is what we need to look at. Yeah. But the feedback I was able to give, like, it sounds like it's just not getting the feel, like it's sucking air somewhere. Something is not working properly. So let's just go through and check. So our crew chief, Roger, immediately is like, all right, let's, let's check the tank. That was the first thing. Cause maybe yeah. the line there at the bottom, it's not getting the feel or something's wrong. Sure enough, they get the flashlight out. You know, it's kind of tough. Like it's in the very bottom of the tank. Yeah. They shine it down there. And Brandon's and head's in the tank looking. Brandon, here. Carly, you, you're all in there. You all trying to just shine the light so someone can see. Sure enough, there's three, three or four shop rags. At the bottom of the fuel tank. Sucked into the line, like right there, just clogging it. And we're like, what happened? How did that yeah. happen? So we came to the conclusion that, so here locally, a company painted our tank and I think what happened, this this is going to sound dumb. Some people are going to ask why you did not check this. So you got to remember, this tank has, we had it painted last year and then it was just like our backup in the trailer. Yeah. And so, you know, it had been painted and we didn't think anything of it. And sure enough, what we think happened is that shop that did the tank must have put rags and they fell in, like they maybe plugged up the top or something. Yep. And sure enough, they went into the bottom of the tank and never did anything about it. And there they are just sitting where you, you can't really see them. Yeah. You know, uh, even though we went through and checked the tank and, and sure enough, they get clogged in the line and uh, it wouldn't run. But so we had to, you saw this more than I did because yeah. I was shooting a clip and doing some other stuff. I had to run up to the track, but like, how did we get them out? They use like a, we use like a hook. Well, there's like these like long tube things where you, pull it and the hook goes out and then you pull it in yeah and then i think at one point carly was like you guys are taking so slow so carly dips her whole arm into the fuel she, tank she's here. literally all in the methanol uh, yeah grabbing this thing and i was like you know, everyone starts freaking out at this point like whose fault is it it was it, and the thing too is like this isn't the first time i've seen this happen believe it or not fuel tanks are first but i remember being at red bluff 
Some guy left like a shop rag in the intake of the open motor. Oh yeah, and put the carb on, and it was <laughs> starting. They and I'm like, well, let's open it up, and sure enough, there's a rag in yeah. the intake. So like, these dang rags are cheating yeah. on everyone more than absolutely. Yeah. So we had that issue, and like you said, immediately everyone's like, all right, what happened? How did how did this happen? But then we, I was like, all right, came to the conclusion there's no way that this was any of us because I was in for most hours when we were working on the car, obviously, and like putting this thing together. I'm like, we never touched this tank. Yeah. I picked it straight up off the shop floor, put it on um, from the trailer. So it's not like we were, you know, messing around with it and a rag got in there or something. So yeah. like I said, we found the conclusion on that. We figured it's just something that, you know, next time we're going to check that for sure. But yep. you know, who would have thought? So we get back out there. I get to do my first laps in a 410. And immediately I think I felt uh, it wasn't that bad. It, and like I talked about in the vlog, it was like an odd comfortableness that I felt. Mm -hmm. That was the best way to describe it because you get going and everything that everyone says was true. And I didn't really believe them, but like when people say 410s are easier to drive, I don't, I don't necessarily say they're easier to be fast in, but they are yeah. kind of easy to drive because they're a little lighter in the front end it's crazy. I immediately felt how they're so darty, kind of like an outlaw cart, like an outlaw cart. You can really move lanes and make things happen and really be in control. And in a 410, that's exactly how I felt. And it's almost like you're just gliding around the track. You know, the biggest thing, I wasn't super smooth my first session, but, uh, you know, I could just immediately felt stand on the gas. I think the Arizona Speedway was a great track to run laps at, uh, for my first time, because it's a clear groove right through the middle. It wasn't rough. And I could really just go out there and feel the power of a 410 sprint car. Yep. And then in our first session, we had one little, it, it wasn't a scare to me because I knew what the problem was, but I know some people watching maybe, oh, yeah. but immediately um, we had a little overflow. So obviously it was smoking because of all the oil coming out. And like I said, just a little simple thing, just overflow. But it was, this was a pretty good smoke. Stream. It was a good smoke show for sure. And yeah. I couldn't see in the cockpit for probably like two laps. That was probably the first time I've had that serious of a smoke screen. And, and definitely it was good that I got that in hot laps because now I kind of know what it feels like. But uh, yeah, that was kind of crazy. I know. Yeah. I don't remember who, maybe it was Carly for a second. She thought something was wrong, but we're like, all right, you know, you're good. Well, no, uh, I think it was your mom was worried about is like maybe a fire or something. But, yeah, it, um, it's just one of those things we haven't had a lot of experience. Well, yeah, you know, plus it was happen. a brand new motor too. So when you get, you know, you fill it all the way well, up. Yeah, it had well, it had four races on it. Oh, um, it did. It got yeah, you. so I had four races on it, but it was our first time running it, and obviously, uh, we wanted to make sure everything, you know, was fine. Mm. And sure enough. Um, everything was, we were able just to go out there and do some laps, have a little bit of a smoke screen at the end. Yeah. And then, um, after that, just do more and more sessions. And I think throughout the night we improved a little by little, uh, every single time heading out on the racetrack. And the biggest thing at the Arizona speedway was there was a little like dip entering turns one and two and three and four. So three and four all weekend long, I would say wasn't too hard to drive. It was, uh, it's weird. You could like keep it super straight, the banking, just how everything played out. But one and two was the difficult corner. Yeah, it was. So it was, it was weird. Like you go into one and two and you could keep the car straight, but I always found myself a little bit more crossed up, a little bit more sideways, but three and four, like I said, you could drive it so much straighter and then also play the banking. Like you could drive in straight and then turn down. You could follow it all the way around. And throughout session two and three, we did three total sessions. We would have probably done a couple more, but like I said, those issues, uh, yeah. you know, ate up some of our time. Yeah. Our last session, well, the session that really like ended the night, I think it was, is, um, you know, another Thing that happened is Tanner's out there rolling. Uh, I think you were making some laps, and then out of nowhere, the car dies, same spot, and we're yeah. like, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. So we pull it in there, and uh, I think your throttle link backed out, didn't it? Yeah, throttle linkage came apart, yeah. so that uh, hurt our last session. But we still got all the laps. Yeah, and it was weird, like we talked about this whole weekend. As we kind of go through recapping a little bit more, we had a lot of problems, but just little little things. ones that like came up kept coming up like yeah. we just couldn't catch a break and I would say that held us back a little bit but for sure we still got a great experience and a lot yeah. of seat time so that kind of recaps night number one we did three total sessions one thing to mention like we talked about who was there at the track but it was just really cool like looking back at the GoPro like mm -hmm. one of the sessions I was behind Tony Stewart Lance DeWeese like not to fanboy or anything but it's yeah. just like kind of cool well, you I mean, watch yeah. you watch these guys on TV and then you're out there and you start looking at the times and like you know, we weren't that far off. We yeah. really weren't, you know, maybe we were a 12, nine and they're a 12, seven, but you know, that's just, uh, that's just come, comes with time getting a little bit quicker. Yeah. So, uh, moving on now into night number one, and this is where we had a couple more problems that, yeah, 
came from night the hot lap yeah that came from yes all these problems kind of it was a little bit of a domino effect so we get rolling obviously the nerves are there because it's like one of those things you have to do something to you know start at least for myself i have to do something to start feeling more comfortable about it it's like my first open race at red bluff once i won or once i run one open race i feel better about the rest of them you know i'm sure you're going to feel that a little bit with the dwarf car too percent yeah so it's just one of those things so going in, we run my first race, obviously, then the second and the third night were more just like business as usual. But the first night, uh, we go out there, hot lap, and it was weird. It's like the engine wasn't running completely proper, and we didn't know exactly what was up, but we didn't have a lot of time to change it for yeah. qualifying. And so go out there for qualifying, and the biggest thing that I was feeling is just like I would be on the gas, and it, like I said, it just wasn't super responsive. I could be wide open, but the motor was only going at about like 70 or 80%. Like stuttering almost. And you could, sounded like it. And you could really hear it from yeah. uh, the stands and qualifying when I'm the only car out there. And I believe Chet Chris, Christner, the announcer even said something about it on the flow broadcast. Yeah. Like I said, it was just kind of that noticeable. So we were down on power a little bit. We figure it out pretty much what had happened. And like I said, this is another thing. This is on us. We should have checked it, but we ran so many little laps in a hot laps uh, the first night and what pretty much with all the debris and stuff in the tank, like we said, freshly painted tank and with the rags and all that, it pretty much clogged our nozzles and our fuel system yeah. and the engine was just not getting enough fuel. So, uh, like I said, that was our fault. We should have a hundred percent checked that. And I talk about that a little bit in the video. So we are down on power, but we get it fixed for the heat race, go out there for the heat race. I think I maybe gained one spot or something. I don't know. I started seventh. I, maybe it started yeah. seventh and finished seventh. But that's one of the insane things. Well, Every heat race we had this weekend was stacked. Yeah, each of the heat races, too, at this track, it's kind of weird. They were all on the top single file. So, like, yeah. maybe uh, the first lap is when you're going to make your moves. And then after, after that, that if, every, you're, if you're not wide open around the top, then... You're done. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it was crazy how the Arizona Speedway was. And that's kind of what I thought, like, from practicing. It was just going to be so fast around the top. It was going to be kind of hard to make moves until the track was in a certain condition. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we saw. So, obviously, we were a little off pace just because of my experience, and I just wasn't there. Uh, but I did make some good laps, and we just got better and better. First night, we started, what, 22nd or... I think something like 22nd that. or 24th and yeah. I ran 20th. So technically I gained a spot or two, but that whole a main event was just kind of back and forth, figuring things out yeah. just, um, as usual, you know, just trying to get more laps oh, yeah. under our belt. And, uh, and one of the best things I think that actually happened was getting lapped. So every single night we did get lapped, but one of the big things about that is it's a good chance to see what the leaders are doing and follow them. So the first night, Buddy Colfoyd passed us and I was really able to see what he was doing and then kind of just mimic it. And I think that helped me get better and make mm -hmm. more progress throughout the weekend. Yeah, no, it looked like it. Um, I know the one thing that I noticed pretty early on is like, I know for sure my first race going in there, those guys are on the wall, driving it in straight and hard as possible. Whereas Tanner was kind of like floating it up, you know, a little yeah. bit. And that's perfectly fine, you know, saving your equipment. You don't want to not know what you're doing, go right into it. And then anyways, no, you were looking really good after the first night. It was a little tight up there. Absolutely. So we got the first night under our belt. And one of the things I wanted for you to talk about for just a second, mm -hmm. uh, one of the kind of behind the scenes of what we do here at Tanner Holmes Vlogs and everything. And Bennett, talk about a little bit your first night, because obviously, you know, I had all my stuff I was doing, yeah. but you were getting shots and doing all this crazy thing from the infield. Yeah. So um, something, I think it was like back um, on Speed Week a while ago, Tanner had the idea, well, like, let's go in the infield and shoot the like 360 and stuff. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. And yeah. then like being like, I don't want to overstep any boundaries. Like it's kind of weird to like cross a track or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I always get nervous crossing a track. Like you're going to get in trouble or something. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, earlier that day I went and talked to a few people. Like I got pointed in directions of officials, you know, I just kept climbing the ladder. Next thing you know, I'm in this like staff office and I'm <laughs> like, Hey, uh, could I like get some sort of vest to like shoot out here? And they're like, oh, yeah, here's an event staff shirt. And I was like, okay, like, all right, that's cool. Sounds good. So I go out there on the pit bike, and I park in the infield, like, trying to stay out of everyone's way. And then this guy, I was like, hey, so, like, where do you, like, where can I shoot or whatever? And the staff here is great. Like, these guys are all friendly and awesome. They're like, well, you can shoot wherever you want. You can be up halfway up the track if you feel <laughs> comfortable. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Yeah. So um, that actually allowed me to get some pretty cool shots down in turn three, actually. And then when the, the night was rolling, we had our buddy Kyler Shaw that was filming for Flow over there. Yeah. And uh, we were talking to him a little bit. 
and then um, met up some with some other flow guys, which was pretty cool. And like I said, all the event staff there was super cool to talk to. And then um, just watching from the infields, like a way different perspective, especially it's at probably that track. the coolest thing. I think it most is. tracks, it's awesome to watch from the infield, like whether it's Red Bluff or whether I yeah. feel like you're at Knoxville or Eldora, like watching the cars go by like right there in your yeah. face is just incredible. And so this is my favorite part. Um, so night number one. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Everyone's seen it in my vlog. If you watch my vlog, uh, so I'm filming the modified guys, uh, just practicing, getting my ankles and whatever before the sprint cars come out. And I start hearing some yelling and I like look to my right because where I'm at scales are like right behind me almost. And I look over there in this, this is a classic move when you're <laughs> pissed off at someone, you pull in right in front of them and park it. So they can't go nowhere. And the modifieds have to go through tech. Like you can't go around yeah. them to go out. So this guy's uh, yelling over there and, uh, I'm, I'm just watching. I'm like, what the, like their buddies or something. And then he pulls forward and it exposes the guy's blocking his right rear is, uh, like all bent up out of shape or whatever. And so they start yelling at each other and they're actually about to fight. And I'm like, yeah. we got to fight after hot laps. Are you this is awesome. Yeah. So I'm like turned around at this point. I'm not even shooting the race and that's going on. These two guys are going at it. And then, uh, it's kind of a classic move. The other guy gets out of the car eventually to go after the other guy after he's already <laughs> driving away. Like, yeah, like I don't know what's going on, but anyways, uh, it was kind of just funny. Like, we're really heated after hot laps. Yeah, here. No, and that's, then that's classic dirt track race. And I thought it was hot laps until I was informed that I was qualifying. So now it kind of makes sense. He may have hit him under qualifying. He screwed up his lap or whatever, and I get that. But uh, just the mod guys were going after it. Yeah, and they put on some exciting they racing do. all three nights that they were the second class to the sprint cars. So yeah. that was awesome to have Bennett in the infield. We got so many great shots, and those are like literally my favorite things to watch. Because like I said, there's nothing that can compare to being that close to these cars that are just flying by yeah. uh, every single lap. So that yeah. was super neat to have you in the infield. Night number two, you went in the infield again. Yeah. Uh, got some more shots. What, turn three again? You were turn spot? three. Yeah, I was down in turn three two nights in a row. And then the last night I went over to turn one, which was so cool. And I think the more tracks we go to throughout the summer, like if we get the chance to go in the infield or have anybody, uh, that's going to be so beneficial to yeah. bring better content. Uh, so as far as the second night went, we qualified a little bit better. Our stuff ran good. And I don't really think we had any problems really besides the a, yeah, we, that's just where everything kind of went, we just all misjudged it. Really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the track was looking good. We laid down a decent lap and qualify. I don't remember. I think we were like 15th or 16th. So we were getting Nothing a little bit like farther that. up the speed charts. We were super close to where we needed to be. And then going into uh, the heat race track was super slick. Like it was insane uh, how quickly the Arizona speedway changed. And I think yeah. that's where we misjudged it in the A because all throughout the night qualifying, we'd go out there, it would be fairly hooked up. By the time the mods ran three heat races and then we ran a couple sprint car heats, it was on the fence and looked like an, looked like an A main event track. Yeah. So then going into the A, they reworked the whole thing, probably thinking it was going to take rubber and we thought it was going to blow back off because, you know, we watched them do the track prep, but... It's normally what happens, but we were yeah. a little off here. And so we just, we totally misjudged it. We had it set up to, uh, you know, run a track that was going to be on the fence and not run hot laps again. So... I was way too tight in the A, about piked up and flipped over yeah. a couple of times. Just so eventually I just pulled to the bottom and, you know, just started making laps down there. Obviously guys were flying by, but we just didn't, we just did not expect that. Yeah. So what I did notice is, um, so when we, it's pretty cool, not often do we get to do this, especially on the West coast, you get to pit on the infield with your pit cart and everything and watch uh, the races from the infield yeah. for the main event. And so, uh, it's me, Tara and Carly standing on top of this thing, all wobbly and whatever. And uh, I noticed right as you took off, uh, you about half spun on the top. And I was like, oh, the track's greasy because they just reworked it. Normally, yeah. it would be like you're tied up there. And then, uh, like I said, lap one, you're about biked up on it. And I was like, I just knew from there, Tanner was struggling with the car because I know talking and helping set up the car, it, we were set up for a tight track and it was super gripped up or a loose track and yeah. we were tight and it was super gripped up and we were just way too tight and I could see it. And at that point, it's almost, honestly, I probably should have looking back, maybe just pulled off, but obviously yeah. I wanted to kind of get those laps and see if maybe it was going to get better and it just never did. One thing yeah. to touch on though, like you said, it was really cool that you guys got to watch from the infield, how they have that enclosed spot and it's yeah. cool that all the crews get to go in there. And then you also have like a little hot pit if a team were to yep. need it. 
Um, and I know usually most guys jump in, obviously, no matter what car comes in the hot pit. So yeah. I don't think many guys really stop by, though. Most of the time, we didn't have any incidents really on track. Yeah, I think there was only one time uh, TK lost a right rear or something like that. Yeah. And then at the end, they were already going green. Yeah. Um, but they don't. Yeah, that's the cool thing about the hot pits is we were a little worried because me and Carly were going to be the only ones going in there. And we're like, shoot, we're going to have the flow broadcast on us. Flo's we're gonna to- be, if I have a flat right rear, Flo's going to be broadcasting Bennett and Carly changing yeah. my right rear. Like, hopefully someone jumps in to help. Obviously, they could do it, but it'd just be hilarious. Like, you have all these guys with these big teams and then it's yeah. just Carly and Bennett. Helping well, like, me. that'd be funny because Carly's so hands on. I'm pretty sure if it happened, I would have just jacked the car up and Carly would already have the right rear off. Yeah. She'd probably start changing stagger or something. <laughs> yeah, too, dude, help, help us out. So uh, that was cool. Now moving into night number three, uh, we weren't even sure if we were going to race. This is where yeah. I honestly was convinced we were running two nights and we were going to be happy Same. and call it and they were going to cancel the races. But the Arizona Speedway was determined to get the show in yeah. and they did. They fixed the pits. They I don't know what the piece of equipment was, but so they the, went through and like rolled it all up and pretty much dried out the pits. I think it was called an earth move or something like that. But I know the night prior, um, all these teams start leaving and by the, I don't even know. We went to bed like probably one or two by the time we go to bed. There's like maybe five haulers in the pits and yeah. we're one of them. And I know everyone's all parking on the rocks and we're like, should we know something here? Should we get out of the pits? What's going on here? Because um, I guess apparently in years past when it's poured there, the haulers were stuck for a couple of days. Like it's just a soupy mess. But um, I think we got just enough amount of rain. It wasn't too much. So. We kind of lucked out there because we just stayed in the Yeah, and so we get the race in, and fortunate enough, we stayed because, honestly, the third night was pretty incredible. The track actually wasn't, it wasn't bad at all. We all thought it might be kind of rough, but that place, honestly, the water, if anything, helped it a little bit. It got it to a point where it stayed hooked up to start the night, and then it just slickened off, and I don't even think they really touched it. No, that's, Uh, that's a good part, too, is I remember I was on the infield, and this is when I went over to turn one because I wanted to get some, like, pretty, like, some just different shots, you know? And uh, the mods are like on group two and it starts hailing and raining. Yeah, we had one little small rain delay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had like one rain delay and it, it just reminded me of NASCAR. If you ever listen to Scanner um, up in the booth, they're like, yeah, we just lost turn four. <laughs> we just lost the backstretch. And I was like, well, we just lost the whole dang track here. Yeah. So I'm standing over in like turn one with a couple other social media guys and it starts raining. And I we all went to this like center tent, like on the front stretch. And we're just like, you know, talking to the track officials and whatnot. Yeah. And they're all cool people. Like I said, a uh, super cool hospitality. And then I was texting Tanner. I was like, hey, this deal's going to be juiced up. And we pulled, I think, the last pill that Which night. Which kind of was good, kind of bad. I mean, yeah. it all just depends. And we ended up qualifying. We missed the invert by one. Yeah. Qualified 13th. Yeah. And they took the top 12, obviously inverted the top four in each heat. Wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. But. So, oh yeah. Because so pretty much what happened was... uh. I crossed the checkered for qualifying. I felt like I laid down a pretty good lap. If I would have hit one and two better on my second lap, it would have been a flyer because I nailed three and four. But one and two, I just kind of got in a little too far. Like I said, the track was already starting to get wide again, which was slick off right at the end. Yes, it was starting to slick off a little bit at the end of qualifying. I crossed the checkered and all of a sudden, like I feel fuel or methanol um, in the cockpit. Like something was leaking. I looked down on the right side of my fuel valve. Uh, the snap ring had popped off and all of a sudden it was just shooting fuel out all over the cockpit. So obviously try not to panic, shut the fuel off, pull into the scales. They actually waved everyone by the scales. I don't know why, but then it walks over and I was like, Hey, like we got a problem here. I got fuel all over me and we got to fix this. So we pushed ourselves back to the pit and we just thought the snap ring popped off. So we went and got another snap ring off the other Mm -hmm. car, slipped it on there, right in the groove. It looked good to go, go out there for the heat race, started fifth and get on the gas and the snap ring pops off again with the pressure and I have methanol all over me again, my gloves and everything. And I'm like, all right, so this is obviously an issue. And pretty much what we end up doing, we talked to a few guys, we end up just getting a whole nother fuel valve. We changed the whole thing. I guess uh, the ones we had have had a little bit of other teams have had bad experiences with them before having that same issue. So we get that changed and we head back out there and for the A-Main event, now we're starting dead last. So instead of maybe having the chance to start maybe 14th, 15th, 16th, yeah. we're starting 22nd. And we were able still to work through tra- or yeah. work through a couple cars, you know, run the right line. And I think the last lap or the last laps of the A-Main event, the whole last A was the best laps I made all weekend. 100%. Uh, I remember I was up on top of the pit cart. A little side story here. Oh, yeah. It, you need to talk about this. Yeah, it, f- it freaking rained. 
and we didn't think about wiping the top of the pit cart down and we put all four tires up there we might need and we're coming off and it's a bank track and we're coming onto the entry of the track and we roll off and we got the all access guys filming us. We got all eyes on oh, Tanner I didn't, even, I didn't even, I didn't even forget to tell them. So Flo was shooting an all access on our team yeah. that night, which is pretty much where they, uh, I mean, they pretty much shoot a vlog like we do, but with mm -hmm. like high dollar cameras, I'm mic'd up all night long. They can hear what I'm saying. Yeah. And so the Flo guy was filming us and then tell, tell them what happened here. Yeah. So we're, we're coming off here and me and Carly were like, this, this pit cart is not the best suited for tires on top. And where I'm like, okay, take it slow. Carly goes off. There goes the left front running down the track. <laughs> and I don't even know whose car. It almost it's probably hit someone's car. I think it was almost Selzy's car. And Carly runs after it. Tara's like worried about Carly. And I'm like, no, you got to steer it and push it. Because my then, mom doesn't ever drive the pit car. Yeah, so she, she's just, she does, she takes her hands off the wheel. Yeah. I see a tire fly by my car. <laughs> Carly's laughing in front of the camera on flow all access. And I'm yelling at Tanner. Hey, just pull in right yeah. here because we were going to go all the way around to the front stretch because the way we started the main, everyone lined up around the bottom. And then I was like, no, just pull in right here. Um, and then also w your fuel kept spilling out every night because they filled it so full. Yeah. So we were wiping that. was that. a disaster. We're wiping that, and then we, by the time we drive back to where we're pitting the pit cart, we got tires in our hands, and yeah. all these like pro teams are like, <laughs> "What's going what on? Is, what are these guys doing?" But no, uh, I've never been so dang like just wound up on top of a cart. You were going from twenty second all the way up to almost the top ten. Yeah, for a little bit we were looking good until we got uh, Tony in and Neto. Was Neto, it? yeah, yeah, Tony and Neto. They were running one two, and they actually passed us. They lapped me, and only because it, there was a caution if we would have stayed on the initial start we're good but the issue is is when there's a caution it goes to single file and then it's so spread it's out so spread out and that track is so fast by the time you're even out of four they're already coming out of two so yeah it just everything uh is not very tight there coming to the green flag yeah so pretty much like he said we got lapped but like i said earlier in the episode that was actually a good thing because then i was able to see what tony and dj were doing and i literally just started mimicking it and actually like looking at the lap times we were not too far off we were yeah. really uh right there with them and like i said i made some of the best laps i had all weekend like they weren't really pulling away from me but they weren't even battling anyone so in open track realistically like we were not too far off them and yeah. the guys in third and fourth weren't just flying by me lapping me either so that was a a small victory i would say a little promising even though i know it sounds dumb because like i said we just got lapped but uh for example you know first uh weekend in the 410 so that was a success i would consider we did some great things and yeah. one thing to mention uh every single night after the races one of the cool things about arizona is how many fans we had at the racetrack and i think that's due to the part where like a lot of people haven't been able to go to the racetrack and then now uh, they open it up and some big names are coming. We had packed fans. It was crazy. And a ton of people from out of town. For example, we had our one friend. We had one of the, actually the channel members here on yep. the channel drive from Oklahoma all the I way know. to the Santan Valley in Arizona just to come watch us. He hung yeah. out with us all weekend. Uh, Jimbo, his yeah, name. Yeah, big shout out to Jim. Awesome uh, to have him hang out. But he came, he drove like a whole day to get there. Yeah. But we also had a ton of other fans. I had people that came up and met with us after the races that said they flew in from another state. Yep. Like all these people made, uh, you know, a couple hour drive or just, you know, a little drive from locally just to come and watch us, which made us feel special. And, that was pretty neat. And the fans brought us um, some gifts too, which is pretty unique about the fan base that we have is like people are bringing us gifts and everything. And the cool thing is, is like, uh, we got a lot of feedback from fans actually that came up and they were like super stoked that we were there and just, you know, we gave them the time to talk and take pictures. And yeah. I think you'll see in Tanner's vlog, all the shots I got, um, we had a big, we had a big crowd. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. That's one of the things we always say, like my favorite thing about what we get to do is like meeting the fans after the races. Like yeah. I know there was a bunch of haulers that pulled out right after the A because yeah. the sprint car A ran first, mods ran second. So there were some guys that were gone before people were even allowed to come out of the stands yeah. into the pits, which is kind of, you know, that I don't, you know, that's not the greatest not thing. Not the greatest thing. Because for... fans obviously come to see these drivers yeah. and, you know, maybe they're a fan of them and they want to watch them race, but uh, so we all, we always tried to stay obviously as long after, and we were at the track, so it wasn't a big deal. So we just kind yeah. of were hanging out at the back of the trailer and hand out hero cards. We had merchandise. And like I said, it was awesome to hear everyone's story. Mm -hmm. You know, we met people that we had our friends from Colorado that were there all weekend that we yeah. met and actually became good friends with that shared their outlaw cart stories. And I even met, um, a young lady that was, I think she was like 
eight or nine. Yeah. And she had just got into outlaw carts too as well. So we had stuff like that. And it's just awesome to hear everyone's story and how they got started in racing or how they came across the YouTube channel or how they watch the podcast now. And uh, all of that was just uh, super cool to see. Yeah, I'm trying to find here. Uh, we had one fan bring us a super cool gift by the way. And, oh uh, yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, I got to get his name cause it's a big shout out to him. Uh, he ended up bringing us a Steve Kinzer wing that was signed and it was cool. Like it was, I think it was Friday night. He came over and he was like, Hey, can I donate to the podcast? And I was like, uh, like, yeah, what do you mean? He's like, yeah. well, I've got a Steve Kinzer wing. Um, if you want it. And I was like, yeah, Let's I mean, why well, wouldn't you want one? Yeah, so exactly. uh, he ends up bringing one the next day and it was signed right on the top left. And uh, that deal is pretty cool. And it we have awesome. it. We have it. We just need to get it out. Um, out of the trailer. And pretty mm -hmm. much what the goal is for this office here is we want to turn the whole thing into like a office space slash, yeah. you know, studio, whatever you want to call it. And we're in the process of that. So we think, you know, eventually we'll hang it up somewhere on the wall here, you know, behind me. Yeah. And eventually once we kind of clear this all out and have it all set up, oh, we're definitely going to utilize that. We're super thankful. And then also our buddy Damien, those were the guys yep. from Colorado. He brought us, uh, he, he did some research. He watched some old videos. He also messaged my mom, but they put together a little gift thing for us. Um, yeah. like with our favorite candy and stuff, like they brought Jolly Ranchers, a huge bag, Skittles. They brought us some WD 40, just like little things. Yeah. Um, a very nice gesture by them. Yeah. We became good friends with them from Colorado and we'll probably see them here this summer when we go and race in their area. Yeah. Uh, so that was awesome to see that. And like I said, the fan turnout was nuts. And that's one of the things that we look forward to so much going to these bigger races and bigger events is the more we do it, you know, obviously the more fans that turn out and it's just an awesome opportunity for us to meet you guys, because I know we're not really in the greatest part of the States to necessarily just come to one of our races being from Southern Oregon, Northern California, racing's just not as big out here. Yeah. So it's a, a little bit tougher for you guys to make it happen. But like I said, we're going to be uh, at many different tracks throughout the United States this year, hopefully. And it all just depends on what the West, I mean, heck we might not even race a lot this year on the West coast really. Yeah. Uh, like I been mentioning, uh, California just hasn't been releasing much. Uh, a couple big Oregon races got released. I think it was uh, the Marvin Smith. The Marvin Smith That's got in released. August. So yeah. hopefully that'll work out. Yeah, I'm hoping Oregon runs. I know a lot of Nevada tracks are hoping to run. Uh, there's supposed to be a big race in, at the Bull Ring in Vegas, yeah. the dirt track in Vegas, uh, but it just got canceled. So, um, you know... You know, fingers crossed we get to race out here and get them out. So to kind of wrap up this podcast, we want to talk about some of the things we felt the Arizona Speedway did a good job with because really it was an awesome facility. You could tell it was great people that were running it. Uh, one of those main things was they always kept the show moving. It seemed like there was no real breaks. You know, maybe a couple times we had a chance to walk up to the track, which one thing I don't even think we said, there's a lot of walking with how the pit area is yeah, set up there, is. there. It's always great to have a pit bike or a meal or something uh, where you can, you know, quickly get up to the track because of how how it is all set up but they also did a great job promoting the event uh, all every time you're on social media you could see their posts they had facebook twitter they were always promoting who was there uh, Flow Racing did a bunch of interviews with all the drivers. They yep. got a second to get one with me, which that was super cool. For the most part, the track was smooth, which is always safer. And uh, rough tracks can be pretty hard on equipment. Yeah, that's for sure. And then uh, they also were prepared to do anything they had to do to get that third night in, which was cool. They didn't just fall over and cancel. And they didn't, you know, uh, obviously there was people there, diehard racers that were totally wanting to get the show in. Yep. And they were ready to do whatever they had to do to get that in. Only two quick things. And this is not a, na a knock at the Speedway. But two things I noticed that were, you know, with the event that were a little iffy, uh, and maybe this is just how it is, but there yeah. was a $50 pill draw fee every single night. Little steep, little that bit. was a little steep. You, you know, I get ASCS uh, is a $20 buy-in, but usually it's like a $35 pit pass and a $20 buy-in. And, and you know, that makes sense. So it's about $55 for the driver, but there is a $45 pit pass and a $50 pill draw Shoot, fee each night. The final night, we didn't even need to do a pill draw fee because we we're going out last anyway. Yeah, so, uh, so we had that. And then the only other thing I noticed about the weekend that, you know, was a, a little bit different was they did do that massive rework on night number two, and it just made it so hooked up And you know, I think we talked, uh, there was a couple drivers that were in similar situations to us. I yeah. think Lance DeWeese, he literally went into the first corner, second corner, and was so tight, Pushed he just, like he just pulled into the infield. They must have missed it unless something broke, but uh, it seemed like, you know, he was so tight as well. He just decided, call it quits. I can't, you know, there's no reason to even be out here. So yeah. uh, now to kind of end off today's podcast, with a fan question this one comes from tristan he said what's a memorable race that always sticks out in your head that you watched and uh ben i'll let you go first on this one all right so i think one of the i'm gonna go the nascar stuff here 
uh, I don't remember what year it was, but it was at Fontana. Uh, I think it was Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano. They're going at it for a couple laps here. And just right in the corner of your eye, you see this flash of a yellow car just getting it on top. And then white flag, uh, they're going into turns three and four. They wreck each other. They're hitting each other. And out of nowhere, Kyle Busch just squeezes by knocking the walls down on this joint and wins the race because I think Joey and Denny ended up wrecking. But, uh, no, that's probably one of my favorite finishes. I think it's between that one or do you remember the Kansas race with Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch? Oh, yeah. The I slide do. job. Sli- yeah, yeah, Dale's yelling slide job. That is um, so cool. They're getting into each other and then kind of a controversial finish. K- Just KB, depends how KB you look got at it. it done, though. Yeah, yeah, he did get it done. Uh, whoever won that, I was going to be happy with. Yeah. So, um, those two, I think, are my two favorite memorable Absolutely. Ones. I'm going to have to go to the dirt side racing thing, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on this. The 2016 Knoxville Nationals when Jason Johnson beat Donnie Schatz, that was just incredible. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that race and just thinking, like, man, you know, I wouldn't say Jason Johnson was the underdog, but, like, Donnie Schatz, he's won all these Knoxville Nationals. You yeah. know, he's kind of expected to win or at least run second. Yeah. And so to see a guy like Jason Johnson, you know, take him down at the time and win that and get that triumph. That was just, uh, it's incredible. And every time I watch it back, I still get those like crazy chills watching. It's so cool. Um, one of the local outlaw cart ones, if I go to that side of things too, I always remember is I remember I ran my main event at the West coast nationals and I think 2015 or 16. And then I remember watching the open a and seeing Jesse Caldwell, uh, beat Ryan Whitley on the last lap to win the West Coast Nationals in the open class. And one of the craziest finishes in history, probably, uh, because last lap slide job, uh, they all go into the last corner and everyone wrecks and yeah. uh, Jesse Caldwell comes out on top. So I remember As that was he always insane. usually does. Yes. And that so that was just uh, incredible. I was one of the local outlaw cart races that I always remember, you know, being there in the stands and just seeing it play out was um, insane. So we're going to kind of sign off for this podcast. Now we want to thank you guys so much for tuning into these first couple of episodes. Like I said, drop your feedback in the comment section down below. We're going to have some guests coming in yeah. a couple in studio. We're going to have a couple calling in and hopefully a couple uh, through zoom that we we're going to be doing. We have a special guest signing us off today too. So big shout out to him for yes. uh, helping us out. This here. is, this is so cool. I can't wait till you guys can hear this outro. Uh, someone that was at the wild wing shootout that we got the chance to speak with here. But anyway, like I said, thank you guys so much for watching one last thing. If you want to send us some merchandise, absolutely do to our PO box, which will be down in the description. Uh, mm-hmm. Send us t-shirts in size hats, large, koozies, hats, whatever koozies, got, whatever. We'll stickers. put them, we'll put them here uh, on the desk and we want to incorporate, incorporate you guys through that uh, as much as we can through the podcast. So anyway, thank you so much. Bennett's going to be heading home. Hopefully you beat the uh, winter storm you got ahead of you. Yeah. When we got back last night, I, my phone's getting blown up around five saying like, oh, you got to go home. Well, the issue was, is we don't have a, we have a podcast dropping this Wednesday, but we don't have one that's going to be dropping um, the, after next the, after this week. And so I was like, if there's a storm coming, will I be able to get back up here to shoot at a later date? So I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to risk it. Um, staying here. We're shooting today on Tuesday. Uh, we're supposed to get a foot of snow in Reading. That never <laughs> happens. And it's supposed to start around 1 o'clock. And I think it's like 1030 now. So uh, we're going to head home and see if the old Stang makes it in limp mode. But uh, we're going to limp her home. Absolutely. You know? so, so Bennett's going to be heading back south. He was up. You were up here for over a week, right? Yeah. yeah over a week. So awesome to have him. And it was uh, fun to have him come along for the trip and hopefully many more uh, throughout uh, 2021. So thank you guys so much. Like I said, we will all talk soon and uh, stay tuned for episodes every single Wednesday of Off the Track at 3.30 p.m. And hopefully by the time this podcast is out, we'll have it all sorted out to where you guys can listen on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Anyway, though, like we said, a special person will be signing us off. Bennett's going to head back south. I'm going to head home and finish editing everything for the 2021 Wild Wing Shootout. See you guys all in the next one. This is Chet Christner, and you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer.